0: Hey, everybody, I'm your host, Gene Marks, and this is season two of the Paychecks Business Series podcast. As you know, I'm a certified public accountant, a regular business columnist for a bunch of publications. You probably read like The Guardian or The Hill or the Entrepreneur and Forbes and the Philadelphia Inquirer. But Most importantly, I'm a small business owner of a financial and technology management services company, and I have teamed up with Paychex, the leading provider of human resources, payroll benefits, and insurance services to bring you real-life stories and advice from real-life business owners and experts. Now, last season, we talked about the challenges associated with COVID and surviving it. But this season, we're focusing on moving forward and innovating and navigating the road to recovery. So we have a very special guest who is going to help us uh, and, and, and actually explain how he has been navigating this road to recovery and what ideas and innovations he's come up with. It's Chris Middlestadt. Now, first of all, Chris, did I pronounce your last name correctly? Yes, you got it. Okay. Uh, first of all, that's the first time I pronounced your last name. So that was complete luck, but I'm happy to hear that. Chris is the... He is the founder, CEO, and of course, the chief banana of a company called The Fruit Guys. It's uh, fruitguys.com. Chris, let's just start out and get the obvious out of the way. What does The Fruit Guys do?
1: So uh, we started about almost 23 years ago delivering fresh fruit to offices as a way to help companies um, excite and uh, keep healthy employees at work. And so it's, it's a replacement to break room junk food originally was the idea.
0: I like it, and it was first of all I like it especially because even though you're based in you know South San Francisco, I see you've got um, a hub in Philly, which is where I'm from. So that's uh, you know so that, that's a mark in favor. Just out of curiosity, so so you deliver fresh fruit to offices um, as opposed to me just going out to the supermarket and buying fresh fruit.
1: Well, originally the concept is that it, it's sort of like a, a business service, right? It's sort of like in the same way that you stock your break room with coffee or snacks right. and things like that. That we were. We were really the first in the country really globally even to think about bringing something healthy into the break room office we grew the business originally sort of started in the bay area i'm originally from philly myself and i moved out to here a long time ago and and we started delivering um fresh fruit to offices during the first dot-com wave it sort of took off we survived the original crash we survived 2008 and uh we continued to serve companies and our business grew organically around the united states As companies, as they grew, we sort of grew with them and we're servicing their offices all over the U.S. and we have offices now around the United States. Our goal is to buy from as many local growers as we can in the regions that we serve so that we can support local small ag and at the same time uh, bring something great to offices. Um, And obviously the COVID crisis has affected us as companies have been shut down. You know, we've really had to think about what our pivots are and how do we keep the business going as as people are not in the office right now?
0: Yeah. So here's a business like yours that first, that's a great idea. Um, but you know, yeah, people aren't going into the offices as much and you're supplying offices. So what happened to you?
1: It, it's been pretty brutal. There's no doubt about it. I mean, you know, we've been a really steady business for 23 years. Um, again, we're a family business, so we've, we've self-funded it over all these years. And um in you know, the beginning of March, we were on track to hit our, our revenue numbers for the year. And we, we grow every year a little bit. And by the end of March, we were looking at a 90% drop off in revenue for
0: us. Crazy. That is and, crazy.
1: Um, it is crazy. And, and it was, you know, I think the challenge for us has been the... Trying to kind of like ride the tidal wave with our customers because if they as they have been going through things and if they as as they have been adjusting their estimates, we've had to then adjust our estimates as well too. And so originally customers in March were saying, "Hey, we'll be back in June." Then we get to May and customers are saying it's going to be September. You know, and as we got into July and August and now into September, and we're pretty locked in here six months on, we're now hearing customers saying, hey, it's not going to be until 2021. So I, for our business, I think it's been a journey of understanding how to tread water and stay afloat during that six month period and what other projects we can take on, what other things we can do for immediate revenue. But then at the same time, it's also how do you predict a future that's completely uncertain and it's completely in a state of disruption that it's not just that you don't know when the companies are going to come back. You don't even know if we're going to be looking at cities or offices or the economy in the same way. And that's, that really does make it challenging. There's no doubt.
0: Yeah, I just, okay. So, I mean, you lose 90% of your revenues. You're, we're still in an atmosphere now. It's, you know, it's, we're, we're in September where, like you said, the future is sketchy. So I realize, Chris, you know, you don't have all the answers, right? You'd be lying if you said you did, but you you are doing something that this this whole season of this podcast is about innovating. So what are you doing to replace those revenues?
1: Yeah, we've really, you know, part of our mission with Fruit Guys has always been this idea of being driven by service. So since I started the company, we've always donated 100% of our excess produce to organizations that feed the hungry. We have a a nonprofit we spun out in 2012 that does grants to small farms for sustainability projects. So for me, one of the things I'm really motivated by and I think about as I think about business modeling is how are we developing business models that allow the business to be successful, but at the same time allow us to accomplish some greater um, community or service ends that we're interested in. And the two we're really interested in are supporting small farms and then feeding the hungry. And so one of the things we've done to pivot is, as we've talked with small farmers about their challenges, we've driven some uh, specific uh, programs around supporting small farmers that may themselves be in trouble, not just because of the loss of the business with us, but because of, you know, farmers markets are down in certain areas. You're seeing other, uh, uh, you know, sales channels destroyed and those farmers that are impacted by that. So we did a program, for example, for a small a citrus grower who's been growing citrus since 1968 in Southern California uh, at Bernard Ranches. And we did a program where you can buy, uh, you know, 10, a 10-pound 10 bag of oranges as a Save Bernard Ranch sort of uh, promotion that, you know, tries to get people to understand what he's going through. And then specifically, you know, through us, we can, we can get those sales for him so that he can help support his farm. So that's something that we're doing on the farm side. On the charitable side, uh, we've started a new nonprofit called the Fruit Guys, or what's called the Food Works Fund, and it's basically comes out of the Fruit Guys. Uh, we have a third-party, a nonprofit administrator that, that oversees it. People can, people or companies can make donations to it. It's 100% tax-deductible. The uh, the nonprofit entity then basically uh, we fulfill and deliver basically boxes of fresh fruits and vegetables to nonprofit uh, food partners that then distribute that to those that are in need and um, you know, the money is, is going towards that. So we're trying to do things that are responding to the moment. We feel that there's a lot of crisis in this moment, both a lot of pain on the farm side and a lot of pain on the hunger side. And we're trying to come up with solutions that allow us to keep working and to keep the, the wheels going in the business and our supply chain in the last 23 years of the infrastructure we've built alive and in order to do that, we want to be in service in, in those ends. So those are those are some of the things we've innovated. We've also done some, um, we do some B2C delivery. I mean, we have a, a site for, for individuals and families that they can order uh, fruit and vegetables and, and, and produce to their homes. So we have that, um, you know, and, and that's something we've also done as well, too. So I, I think we're doing the things we need to do. We've also done some project work. So we've done some you know, packing work for other uh, organizations to, to keep us uh, going at this point as well too, things that we might not normally have done in the normal course of our business, but because we're looking at our supply chain and, and looking at our infrastructure as something that is a, a valuable asset, it's, it's knowledge and it's, um, you know, uh, regulation that we've, you know, been able to comply with over the years and things like that around food safety and distribution, that we're then thinking about how do we apply that to other situations where there are companies or organizations that may have business that need help. How do we help support them as well too? So we're really, we're doing a lot. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And I would say that this is a very uh, disorganized puzzle of a thousand pieces Mm. that we're just trying to make sure we're putting the pieces together in the right order to, to kind of keep things going.
0: Approximately how many people do you have that work in the company, Chris?
1: So before COVID, we had about 160, and then we, we went through a layoff in uh, July that cut that in half. Um, so we're at about 80, okay. and that is, is flexing right now, to be honest, because of, because of the amount of business that we have that comes in. So one of the things that has been for 23 years steady about our business is that we are a subscription model. We've been steady and predictable. COVID, because of the way it's working right now, does put that model much more into a project format where things sort of flex up or they flex down because of the, of the work that we have at any given time. And that's, that makes it a little harder for planning from a business cycle standpoint, but that's what we're, we're adapting to right now.
0: I guess the subscription model is only as good as your subscribers. And I'm assuming that a lot of your subscribers you know, canceled their subscriptions, at least for the short term, until they navigate their way through this. I mean, we've had relationships with companies,
1: I, I kid you not, for like 20 plus years. I mean, mm-hmm. some of the original companies we sold and they're big names that you would recognize have been customers of ours for 20 plus years. They're still companies that are very, very profitable and they're very successful. They're just, not, they're just not in the office. And so we are doing work for those companies in remote staff ways and we're sending sort of, you know, gift packages to people in, in homes as well too of those organizations for the companies We're, we've even organized some virtual fruit tastings where we'll take an heirloom piece of fruit we'll send it out to you know in sort of like you know nine in a pack kind of formats we send it out to 500 employees and then we do a zoom call where we have somebody going through and explaining where the fruit comes from and exactly you know what they're eating and what they're tasting and those kinds of things so we've done things like that it's just that's why i'm saying it's more project based it's more kind of like it um uh, it, it's not sort of the same thing every week like we normally would do in offices, but we are doing some work with it. It's just not going to be at the same volume or the same uh, repeatability that the previous business was. And part of that is just because companies themselves are figuring out what to do, right? I mean, yeah. they're figuring out like, how do they manage through this and and they're trying to keep folks engaged and they're trying to keep people happy. There, There is no doubt though, that there's a lot of fatigue out there still and that there's a lot of worry still. And I think that, that, that impacts all, all of these decisions in, in, companies.
0: You know, it's, it's funny. There are a lot, There, like you just said, there are a lot of companies in this country. I mean, the vast majority of them actually are still operating. Many are, are still profitable or keeping up. I mean, there's essential businesses and you know, a lot of strong areas, construction, e-commerce, things like that, big companies, but you're right. People have been working from home and your product is essentially one that gets sent to, um, you know, sent to offices. But there, you know, there, there is something to be said, these companies do want to keep their employees, they want to keep, you know, they, they know that this is going to end at some point, they want to make sure they keep their staff and every little benefit is helpful to them, even if it means, I don't know, receiving a pineapple delivered to your house once <laughs> in a while, or some kind of fruit from the fruit guys, it's just a nice, like, hey, thanks for, you know, we're looking forward to getting back to the office. And, you know, here's, here's some fruit to enjoy. And I think that, you know, a lot of employees would, you know, would embrace that. How about the, how about the upcoming holidays, Chris? Have you thought about um, anything in particular that you might be doing um, to prepare or plan or capitalize on?
1: Yeah, we do. We do gifts during the holidays, and we do corporate gifts for for companies, right? We can do things where uh, companies can even um, have us, you know, customize with notes and messages and things like that. With as a gift product. And, and we can do that throughout the, you know, to their, to their staff throughout or their, or their customers or anybody else they'd like to send to throughout the United States. And we, we do do that. And that's something that we're, we're definitely into this year. And again, uh, you know, that's, that's just the ups and downs with um, with this kind of work right now. So it's, but, it, but it, we're super excited to take it and to work with companies, to help them with that and uh, to bring in that business and to support them on the gifting programs as well, too.
0: You had mentioned you had mentioned earlier that you were doing stuff from a nonprofit standpoint you Now you're helping out small farmers you're helping out you know feeding the hungry um, you know and and the, one of the advantages of that I think and you had mentioned this is that it keeps your people working right I mean it mm-hmm. keeps the wheels going it keeps the supply chain in operation and there is there's a lot of value in that when you're working and, and doing these charitable things is there any money coming into you from this I mean are you are you sharing? Any of the you know of, of of any revenues generated or is it just completely altruistic?
1: Well, we're not allowed to make money is if we're receiving like on the on the the food works fund side, if people make a donation, they get a tax deduction. We are paid to basically buy the fruit from the farmer. Get it together and deliver it, but it it can't be at a profit. It's got to just no. be at a break-even level. So
0: right, but it but it can it can still reimburse or compensate your some of your costs, correct? I mean, and and is that something yeah, it that pays you've been our, able it to do? Yeah, pays our
1: staff to do the work, right? I mean, like that's that's part of what the the in the same way that you'd be purchasing, like if if um if a, if something's purchased for donation, that's basically yeah. we're purchasing the fruit from the farmer. So one of the things we're trying to accomplish there is sort of like it's a it's a triple benefit right we're trying to say hey the person making the donation gets tax deductible status on the donation the the farmer we're able to purchase from a farmer that's in need right now and that and that and that needs to sell their produce cuz they're hurting we're able to basically kind of you know allow our staff to receive that and put it in a box and deliver it and then the fourth benefit is that then the number one benefit really is that then the, like the nonprofit organization that's a food donation organization, they receive a box that they can give to people that are in need that can't afford food right now. So to me, it's truly a structure, you know, we're not making money from that and we're not, right. we're not, that's not our goal. We're right. trying to really think about how we get through this moment and be as helpful and sort of, you know, contribute as much as we possibly can. But I'll be honest with you, the worry I have right now that's sort of more macroeconomic that we're actually seeing in our industry that I'm really worried about. You know, people talk about this time as being like, oh, there's gonna be a big consolidation, a lot of companies are gonna go under, the big companies are gonna eat the small companies and, and that's gonna be true, there's no doubt that's gonna happen. But I worry there's a much deeper and more, more concerning thing happening that I don't think really has been written about, which is, as you see companies, especially in food and distribution, wrestle with these things, where farming, for example, you know, like our farmer in Southern California, if he goes under and he plows those trees under for, since, that have been there since 1968, it's not like when, when he can make money two years later that those trees regrow. That is a permanent removal of food supply chain resource that doesn't come back. And I am worried that as you start to see food distribution and growers wrestle with going out of business or even just staying alive to be able to do it, you actually harm the United States' ability to supply itself with a diverse set of food and a diverse distribution system of food that can be flexible. That is a real problem that I see on the horizon, that if, if we don't start to uh, you know make sure these supply chains are staying stable and growing, especially on the small farm side, I think you're going to see real real catastrophic failure there.
0: Well, you just mentioned about making the supply chains you know, stay. I mean, you in your own very, very small way are... Trying to do that, and by you know, by by funding these nonprofits, by working with you know, again, helping the small farms, feeding the hungry, you know, you're able to you get a little bit of money coming in the door to help cover some of the costs. Again, it's a nonprofit, so you're not making any money on that, but you're keeping people employed and you're keeping the supply chain going. And and the hope is that um, you can keep doing that for you know a little bit longer. Um, you can't do it forever. Um, but until hopefully COVID, you know, you know, eventually goes away. Final question for you, Chris, you know, so you've been trying doing all these different things, you know, the specialized things you're delivering your, your gift packages, delivering to people at home, doing your, your nonprofit work as well. Um, All these things that you're, you know, that you've been sort of innovating with, what do you think is going to stick around? What do you think your business will be still be doing um, a few years from now when everything is back to normal and life is all peachy and rosy, what do you think that you'll be taking away from this?
1: Um, I think our business will be much leaner. There's no doubt about it. I think it'll, I mean, I think the, the things that we're wrestling with on just the pure basic business side or that we're, you know, it just, it, it forces, it stresses the vine, right? So it really is going to lean the business out in terms of the way that we run it on a day-to-day basis, which which is the reality of what we've got to do to survive and get through the moment. So I think that's, you know, but I, I do believe that offices will come back. I mean, I know there's a lot of people that say, oh, we're outsourced forever and everybody's going to work from home and it's all going to be rosy. I just, you know, humans are social creatures, right? Like right. I, I don't think that the office is dead or the right. collaborative work environment is dead. And I think we will have a business to come back to. It just it just may take a while to recover and it and it may not be singularly focused as it was before in the way where we were just focused on the office. It might be more broad and that we're doing some other things to enhance that revenue with other business lines as well that we're learning about in this moment as well.
0: Yeah, it makes complete sense. And I think that you are right about the office thing, you know, the way they are. And uh, listening, who knows, people will be coming back to work, um, but in a few years from now, maybe it's not just fruit that you're uh, delivering, but exactly. it's, it's milk and cheese and uh, record albums. Chris Middlestadt is CEO, founder, and chief banana of The Fruit Guys, uh, which, which sells and supplies fruits through an online you know, process um, and delivers to companies, 3,000 companies all around the United States at fruitguys.com. Chris, thank you for sharing what you're doing to navigate and, and grow and survive through all of this. It was really, really helpful. And for more great podcast episodes from the Paychecks Business Series podcast and other information to help you run your business, please visit paychecks.com forward slash works. That's W O R X. I'm Gene Marks. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you again soon.
1: This podcast is Property of Paychecks, Inc. 2020. All rights reserved.